Hello and welcome to Running Inside Out Podcast, where we talk about the races we've been in, the races we're not in, and getting outside to see what's going on inside the Rochester running scene. In this episode, we catch up with our favorite foraging 50K finisher, Ellie Pell. She's uh, got a lot going on this year, and it seems like 50K is, uh, is now her way. Uh, she's moved on from the world of expired food in Ithaca, and she's got lots of stories to tell. So uh, I hope that this episode finds you all well and uh, finding a bit of the outside. So let's have a chat with Ellie. Hey, friend. How's it going? Super good. How are you, buddy? <laughs> Super good. Wow. Good. Well, look at you. There's Ellie. Look at me. Yeah, we're actually, so this is not a thing that happens. Uh, we're doing a, well, it's kind of, I guess, lately. Uh, we're doing a remote Rio again. So, uh, yeah, some folks might recognize Ellie from past episodes of Running Inside Out or maybe from our other podcast, Hamstrings and Heartstrings. And since racing is back and Ellie's racing again, uh, we decided we were going to do a little, uh, we're going to go a little deeper uh, than hamstrings might allow us to go, especially my hamstrings. Can't get very deep in those things. Oof. Yeah, I know your hamstrings were like, <laughs> hi, welcome to the show. Goodbye. <laughs> it's like guitar strings. Uh. <laughs> All right. So Ellie, um, when... Well, I mean, I don't know. Where do we start? Do we start with like, so let's say this. You've run in uh, three weeks. You've run a 40 miler and a 50K, right? Right. Yeah. So uh, racing's back. And those are trail races, Miss Olympic Trials Qualifier. Like, what are you doing? Trail running after COVID trail run. There's so much. There's so, okay. I better get it. Okay. We're going to start at the start, Ellie. Calm down. Okay. Calm down. I'm trying. Okay. I'm so excited. I'm sweating. <laughs> I like car loaded for this. <laughs> ready? <laughs> I am ready. You are. You're like amped. Um, but I really don't remember going to the Olympic trials, so we can forget that. No, that was, that was, like that was your last episode. History. No, that was your last episode. Uh, and that was so long oh, ago. Oh, yeah. So long ago. Okay, so let's just start this way. So we decided that we were going to start a podcast called Hamstrings and Heartstrings. And it was really, really great. And we did it for a little while. Um, we happened to start it two months before. But before COVID happened, maybe three months before COVID happened, right? Like, and um, we did it, you know, weekly, bi-weekly. We did a bunch of episodes. And one thing we kept talking about was like the, the important thing there was we just kept talking about our running and how we were dealing with things. And I talked a lot about group runs and rah, 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 and races and there were no races. So um we talked a lot about our comfort levels with racing and whether we would go out to races that were happening during masked times and not masked times and all that. But the point is, and where I think I want to pick up is you were training for a fast mile, 
that was basically your 2020, right? Was your attempt? You were, yeah. you were working, you wanted to do like, you wanted to get below five minute miles and you were training with some fast girls and you had a good coach and that was where sort of let's pick it up there. Yeah. Okay. Well, if, if nobody, if, if you feel hadn't listened to our other show, um, the, I think the last time I was on this show was like the Genesis, like after that episode, we went and got lunch and then we were like, we should do this more often. We really like talking to each other. Yeah. And you know, I don't, I, I mean, I can't understate enough that even though our other podcasts, like we, it's very, very for fun. And, but it came at a time when I think like during the pandemic, especially I lost contact, I guess, with people, you know, and I'm really glad that we had that podcast because even though we were sporadic and we did it whenever it was, it was nice to just have a a meaningful way to keep our friendship, you know, keep the, keep the fire burning. Cause we had some pretty, uh, pretty dark moments in that pandemic. So, uh, <laughs> there's some pretty yeah, dark, I think that <laughs> there's some pretty dark we can't episodes. Understate that one. <laughs> yeah. There's some pretty dark episodes of that. Pod- and I think that's when we, we sort of stopped. I mean, uh, it was like, uh, woof, right. It was like, uh, is this, are we having fun conversations or is this like, therapy for us or are we like are yeah, we, are we yeah. helping are we helping or hurting right and <laughs> so it was so funny because well not funny just how sometimes our episodes would go is like we'd get on the call and we would just talk to each other like about how just sad things were and just how mad we were about things and what you really need to do. But, and it was great, very therapeutic, but then it's really hard to turn it around and be like, let's talk about running. (laughs) (laughs) Especially because, you know, like racing is part of what we do. It's not everything. And I mean, it would be different if you and I were, would run together every day, then we'd have other stories. But a lot of the times when we do get to see each other and connect is like, at a race or at like a structured group run. And that just didn't happen. So sometimes it was just pulling, like pulling things out of, I don't, (laughs) I don't really know, you know, but we somehow ended on a food segment. So it always works out. (laughs) As long as you, one thing you can always do is talk about food with runners, right? Yeah, um, I'm always eating, so. But that, and I mean, you know, hamstrings isn't quite done, and this isn't exactly a promo for hamstrings, but one of the things that's funniest, and I just called it hamstrings twice, which is weird. I don't think I've ever done that before. We've called it I think H- you want to be the hamstrings now, and maybe called, I'm the heartstrings. We've called it H2. We've called it hamstrings and hearts. I've never just stopped. I don't know. But one of the things we talked about was, okay, we're going to get, and we're going to record a podcast. Well, let's just record hamstrings and heartstrings. And I was like, no, this one's going to be a Rio. Cause it's really going to be more about Ellie and Ellie's back at racing. And like you, you went and ran many on the Jenny 40 miler and won no big deal. Right. But uh, you went and won a 40 mile race after a year of training for a fast mile. Um, after a year of sort of being, off in whatever ways people were off. Um, and then you followed it up with a 50 K at finger lakes fifties. Right. And so like, yeah, heck yeah. Let's, let's uh, celebrate the return to racing. Let's talk about, you know, getting together with groups of people. Let's talk about, uh, let's see what's going on, uh, inside the, you know, Ellie's running scene. 
now at races, we do the European thing. We just like kiss each other. It's so fun. <laughs> it's just, you know, it really makes you feel like making up we're for, all in this together. Making up for all the lost kisses for the past yeah. 20 years. <laughs> yep. Kids running away from me. Oh, kids. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, um, what, okay. So you, it, it wasn't much of a decision for you to run many on the Jenny, right? Like you've, you're the, no. you've won that race the first three years it was there. And now, you know, then it was a year off and you're going to come back and race it again. Right. And it's, it's, I don't know. They're extending it by five miles and that's a deal breaker. Like <laughs> yeet. 40, 41 is too far. Of 41 is way too far. I crossed the finish line and my watch said 40 miles. And I was like, thank God. Cause you know, I would have given Eric some shit <laughs> if it was 40.1. Right. And you'd be like, I ran all the tangents, dude. I did. I know the tangents. I even swam across the dam. Come on. <laughs> so what was it that was there? Was that just it? Like you felt many on the Jenny was a good place to go back to run. And you did a few other races before that. I did some short ones, yeah, and the, the Finger Lakes Runners Club has a really great, just shorter trail running, like, eight miles, six miles, seven miles um, events, and uh, I hadn't run trails in a long time, so it was really just, I wanted to do it, and also those were, those two weekends were, like, my last two weekends in Ithaca, so I wanted to be with my Ithaca family for the last two, and, you know, I trained for a fast mile, for most of COVID or, and just faster stuff in general, shorter stuff. Um, I was working with a coach and we sort of decided, I know a lot of people in ultra runners, like they, everybody wanted to go longer and set these FKTs. And it was really fun watching y'all do that. But, uh, we decided that since my pedigree is not speed, that we would work on something just completely different. And I guess I took the opportunity when COVID shut the world down, I races were not even really in the cards on the table for me at all. Like I just didn't, I didn't look for them either. It wasn't even like a, I will not do, it was more, I didn't think they were happening, even though I'm affiliated with like Ian and the running store. And I knew that they were happening, but it just wasn't in my brain. And so, uh, yeah, we just trained really fast on the track for a while. And then actually right as I was getting fit to do like a five minute mile, like we were going to time trial it about two weeks later, Ithaca winter hit and it got real gross. And then I kind of got a little sick. And so I didn't get a chance to, I decided to take a break instead of, um, time trialing the mile. So I did time trial an 800 and I broke 230. So that's like halfway there. Hey, mm -hmm. uh, and actually that wasn't a time trial that was in the midst of a workout. So who knows, but until I hit like, until if I ever do hit the five minute mile, I'm not going to say that I was ever there. So, um, yeah, that happened. And then after, and then I took a little break and then coming back to fitness, we weren't really sure what we were going to do. This was about, this was in like the beginning of 2021. And I got to about to March, the end of February, March, and I got injured. I had like a, I don't even know what it was, soft tissue injury or some sort of stress reaction. I'm not really sure, but 
Uh, I went to the sports doc. Nothing was there because stress reactions don't show up for a little while anyway. And so I just decided to take off. They just told me what to do. Take off ice until it gets better. That took most of March and April. And then I was training a lot on the elliptical. And so coming back, I really just missed trail running. I missed our community. And I also realized that elliptical training is a little bit more transferable to doing longer aerobic efforts rather than like trying to come and rip it on the track. So, uh, yeah, I'm ellipticaling my way to success. Five, five minute miles on the elliptical has got to be some sort of work. (laughs) Burn out the machine. Yeah. But that, so, uh, and I don't want to gloss over that last piece that you said, I was training on the elliptical. Like there are episodes of hamstrings and heartstrings where you were like, and this was my workout today, five by seven and by two by 10 by one by, and I'm like, you're doing this all on, you weren't just riding the elliptical. Like people get on and they sweat and they drip all over the place for 25, 30 minutes. And they're like, I totally did an elliptical workout. No, you were doing like, you were transferring, well, track workouts to the elliptical, right? Like. Yeah. My longest, the one that I remember, I will never, I remember tech, like I got done and I texted our coach, my coach, John, like, what the hell was that, man? <laughs> like, seriously, 16 by four minutes, hard one minute, easy. Like, but this was like hard, like he has capital H A R D in that email. And I was like, okay. So yeah, after that, I was like, Whew, I'm glad I don't have to work today. I'm glad I'm doing school. Cause I just want to sit you need an IV after that. But it was, it was, it, but the thing is, is it made the elliptical not as boring. And I do remember just after like a month of doing this, starting to visualize many on the Jenny when I was there, just like, this is what you're going to, this is where the money is here. <laughs> like, I will get there. And, um, yeah, so it's, 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 we gotta do what we gotta do. Right. I use a lot of visualization techniques. You can, you can train for a 40 mile trail race on an elliptical. <laughs> you, I, I mean, I wouldn't, it's not some, ideal, but some might question your mental, uh, I don't know your mental acuity after such a training session. <laughs> I would question it. I question mine all the time. Like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. What's your deal? Is is it really? I mean, but that's, I don't know. Like you said, we do the work, right? You put in the work to get the results. And, you know, I'll say, because uh, I don't know who else says it, you're the only woman that's won that race. There was, there's been four runnings of the race, right? Three years and then a year off and then this year, the fifth year, fourth race, and you've won it every time. So you got to be doing, yeah, 40 miles is your sweet spot. I think, I think I do want to see you at the 45 mile many on the Jenny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, you know, also I think after, like, well, I mean, it's also got to be repetition, right? Like this year, um, I mean, I broke the course record, but I also didn't get lost or go off course at all. I had my nutrition strategy that I knew what I was going to do. I knew that I could run the first half faster than the second half. And in the second half, it was really like the second half. I mostly just was like, all right, find your go all day pace. And you got to get to that last chance aid station. So you can say hi to Greg and scream. It's the final countdown. (laughs) And that's what I thought about. Yeah. That's the whole thing. Uh, the final countdown aid station. I mean, that's a great song. 
they listened to it for about four hours at that aid station. They, that's the only. So, okay. So if you're just joining us, I realize that Ellie and I have picked up in the middle of everything. So Ellie is a person. She runs. Um, she's recently moved from Ithaca to Rochester. That was her reference of my last two weeks with my Ithaca family. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, Ellie ran a race recently called Many on the Jenny. It's at Letchworth State Park. It starts at one side of the dam, runs down into the gorge and up the other side, and comes out at 40 miles on the other side of the dam. Uh, it's put on by Trail Methods, and Eric and Sheila are those people. So you'll hear Eric and Sheila referenced. And I think, what else do we need? Um, that's it. Oh, El- oh, also, Ellie doesn't consider herself a trail runner. So there's that. Or is that changing now? Oh, look at that look on your face. It's changing. I just, I just like to say runner. I don't yeah. know. Like, <laughs> it's fine. I know. It's permission to change tomorrow. Like, I could wake up and be like, man, going back to the mile. Going back to hurdles. I'm going to be a hurdler. Going back to hurdles. I have my hurdle. I know. I still do those drills three times a week. I tell you. Myrtle the Never hurdle. not doing them. Yeah. So that's pretty great. Um, so I think I've caught everybody up on the thing. So let's talk about many on the Jenny. You were a little nervous. You had whatever, a stress reaction, stress thing. You had some tape on your toe and you weren't quite sure. I did. Yeah. So about a week and a half before many, my like the same discomfort came back. And so I didn't run for the week and a half before many. And I iced taped up. Like as soon as I felt it, it really was, I didn't push it at all. Like it was, I felt it in the last two miles of a a run on Wednesday. And that's when I shut it down, started icing every and icing as much as I can. Um, and then I go into the orthopedist and they took an x-ray and they said, I might have the makings of a stress reaction, but there wasn't anything yet. Uh, he gave me some inserts and I Googled how to tape a stress reaction in your foot. And that led me to a KT tape. Uh, and so I did that and I took extra strength Tylenol and um, I spent a week and a half praying. I, and that's not, a, that's not hyperbole. <laughs> As Chris can tell you, that is not hyperbole. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it worked. I did feel it during the race, but it wasn't anything concerning. And I also was extremely careful. Right. And by extremely careful, you still ran, what was your 630? 637. Yeah, 637. So extremely careful, but not too careful because you got to get moving, right? Well, now I think it's a strategy. So do you know the phrase, let's take a, like a little bit of a tangent. Like, have you ever heard the phrase like bomb down a hill? Like when it's a downhill, like zoom down. Never, never heard. So it that never works out for me. Um, so I've taken the approach now and I did it also at uh, Finger Lakes is I say like I prance down the hill, like I find a nice Ellie pace and I just go that speed, like controlled. I can't just bomb down these descents. Like I'm not like a, like Ian does that. And I just, I'm like, I, I just, I mean, maybe I could, but I also now I'm like, why would I do that? That's just destroying my quads. And also I could fall. <laughs> so now I just, I'm like, I prance down the hill. <laughs> Um, safely 
Right. So, so, oh, we didn't cover. Um, so Ian is, uh, Ian Golden of Red Newt Racing, uh, and Finger Lakes Running Company. He is Ellie's, uh, BFF bro, mentor, fella, friend from Ithaca. You've heard him referred to quite a bit here, but you know, I don't want to leave anybody out in the cold. And if you're playing bingo, if you're playing Rio, Rio bingo, uh, Ithaca and Ian will definitely be on your card. So make sure you, and if you're a runner, uh, Ian probably knows who you are. Okay. So anyway, so anyway, uh, so you did all that prepping and you did the nice Ellie pace prancing down the hill. Now there's a few places to prance down the hill, but on the second half of the course, you're really sort of prancing up a couple every, you know, so I found though that I kept the same effort. So like I go down, but I never walk up. The, like I was able to jog. Like I never walk in that race. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I also think that if I don't, I'm always jogging, like the walking really slows you down. And so if I'm like not going as super quick downhill, but I'm still going at a good pace, it's just not quad destroying down. And then I'm still jogging up the hills because I haven't destroyed my body. I think that's where I got the, got the minutes off there. That's where I got the course record is like, I just kept going at the same effort. And also not going off course. That's definitely a thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the, that's the ticket right there. It's by trail one. You always go off course trail one. Always. Anyways. Um, Okay. So then let's talk. What was it like? I mean, you're showing up. It's a 40 mile. It's a trail race. It's post post COVID for those that are post COVID, but this trail race was uh post COVID. What was the, what was the vibe? What was it like? Tell me, tell me. It was exactly like I remember the last time that I ran it and it made me very glad that I didn't race during COVID because showing up at, to a race to see people that I like in masks where every, even if you love this person, you're like, they make the right decisions. You're still like, Oh, it just, you know, you just have this little like kind of skepticism about everybody. Even if you know that person or and love that person and know that they would do everything correctly. It's just this little, like you could be giving me a deadly disease. Mm. And so, but going to many that everybody was vaccinated that you didn't just, it felt extremely normal. And so I was like, I'm really glad I waited. I don't think I missed anything last year. Yeah. I mean, there you go. Right. It's not, it's just, it takes out that little tiny, uh, that little bit of uncomfort that like second guessing. Right. Like I went to, um, I was down in Ithaca to help you move <laughs> that one time. Yeah. And I happened- Okay, okay. He tells me he's going to help me move like the day of. Like I was like, I've already moved, thanks. You've been telling me for months and I was like, yeah. And, and you were like, yeah, Cayuga is the same day. And I was like, okay, well, I'll- Yeah, so- but you were like, oh, I want to hang. I know you're like, you're, I want to come to Cayuga. It's like, I want to come hang out with people at the race and then go to Ithaca Beer. Uh-huh. I know that. <laughs> That's what Cayuga Trails is for Chris. I was down there to move your stuff. Yeah, oh, I sure. I emptied out my car and everything. Oh, thank you, you so weren't, much. You weren't there, so uh, your stuff was already moved, and you were gone because you had already won your race or something, and you left. I was cold. I was. Yeah. I came back. You came back. But I was there, 
And it was great. You were. It was nice. It, it was. was a little tiny race, uh, you know, because there were no spectators this year. But I uh, happened to be wandering through the park because I wasn't moving anybody's stuff. And uh, it was nice. It was nice to just be around runners running, doing running. Even though things. it was cold. The weirdest thing, right? Like, this is a weird year. Like, it was cold at Huga Trails. Normally, we're, like, all sweating and trying not to die. We had a fire. There was a fire. Riley, the woman's winner, she was in, like, a snowsuit after the race. And I'm going to buy that snowsuit. Like, I asked her. I was like, I want that. And if I had it, I would have wore it after Finger Lakes 50s, too, because it was the same thing. Wow. I I don't remember being cold on Saturday. Yeah, Riley were blue. Riley was in a like full uh, Stay Puffed marshmallow suit. It was pretty amazing. Oh, it was all I could do not to like sit on her lap and just cuddle uh. up. <laughs> but I figured she just ran fifty miles. I only ran six. Well, she definitely looked like she was needed to be warm. I was like, oh boy, uh, she needs to get over by the fire and warm up. And then one minute later, she's sitting by the fire in that silly suit. And I was like, she doesn't need to warm up anymore. She is all good. <laughs> you know, that is why I need a crew. Like her parents are great. And I'm watching them do this procedure, like wash the mud off her legs. Riley's like, mom, can you get me my protein drink? And her mom's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> basically like basically pours in her mouth for her. and i was like riley that looks so nice now i know why people come with the crew i've never had a crew <laughs> but well, her parents are great they're wonderful they were at 50s too and they're so wonderful well maybe if you run 41 miles you'll get yourself a crew i don't think so no can't even get a shuttle to the start anymore so yeah well you know that's why the price went up <laughs> no shuttles um, so there's none of that. Uh, so, okay. So, uh, record scratch. Uh, so it was great. You showed up and you had a good time. Did you think you were, we, I mean, you're always there to race. Like, that's what you do. You're going, did you think like you had the number and everybody was whispering? Do you think they were like, that's Ellie Bell, three time women's champion. She's never, I lost don't this. think so. She's never lost this race before. She's undefeated on this course. Uh, I don't think so. Cause I, I don't really make a stir before the race. And most people on the start line, we're all still like sleep, sleeping, rubbing stuff out of our eyes. Like, I don't know. And I also, because of the way my foot was, I actually texted Eric, the race director a couple days before and was like, dude, I might have a stress reaction to my toe, but don't worry. I'm still coming to many, but just don't say anything at the start line. Cause I don't want like anyone to about me winning three times. Like I really, I don't want want notoriety or anything like I just wanted to come and have fun so he was good about that and he he's Eric's pretty good about stuff like that especially if you ask him nicely that's that's Ellie Pell I heard she moved to Brockport to be closer to the course (laughs) to train on the course (laughs) yes she moved to Brockport to be closer to Letchworth She's only an hour and a half away. She moved to Brockport to be closer so that when she gets nightmares and can't sleep, Chris can be there live (laughs) to to lull her to sleep with his voice. Yeah. Hello, Ellie. I hear you can't sleep tonight. (laughs) Welcome to Sleeping Inside Out. Sleeping. So So the backstory to that is that every time I'm really sad... 
<laughs> or like I can't sleep or I have like a nightmare or something. <laughs> I listened to old episodes of Running Inside Out <laughs> and I'm not going to lie. That got me through the election. <laughs> and- I was like, okay, time to stop reading the news. Listen to like 2016 episodes of Running Inside Out. <laughs> And it is very sweet and it makes me feel really warm inside. But the way which you Which is t- why every time he asks, maybe I should just stop doing it. And I'm like, no. But you no, what you told me was I listen to you when I can't fall asleep. That's how you started it. You it And in- who was your friend? What did your friend say? Narrating my nightmares. Oh yeah. Sean Story, actually. Yeah. Uh, the narrator of his nightmares. Oh, I love that. It's really That's great. great. Yeah. So that's how you started it was I listen to you when I can't fall asleep. And I was like, oh, it's thrilling, thrilling. But then you turned it into something very sweet. And so for that, thank you. You're welcome. And, um, uh, you know, maybe we'll have some 2021 episodes for you. You can listen. We to will. Old, you everybody. can listen to old Pete Kreisach now. We got Pete Kreisach yeah. on the on the recording. He got third at 50s yeah. in the 25K. He's a fast pants. He really is. He is. He's been doing a lot of training. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I actually have a list that I've started of guests that you should have. So, oh yeah, and I've already told them they're coming on. So, okay, well, you got to book them and make them keep the date. So, all know. right, I will. Um, I'll show up at your house. But meanwhile, let's talk. Show to, them your garden shed. Let's talk to three-time, four-time defending champion of many on the jetty. Maybe so, next year, if it is 45, I'll actually win the whole thing outright. I was close this year, except Chichester showed up. Chichester is a fast dance, <clears> too. And it's weird, because that's 40 miles, and he's a marathoner, too, you know? So, you you two marathoners, maybe 40, 40 is the new 26.2. I know. He's just smaller than me. He's about the size of my leg. <laughs> so, he's got that advantage. Low it's, center of gravity. Yeah, it's not the it's not the countless miles he puts in under seven minutes. It's not those. It's that he's. I've read the science. It's because his center of gravity is lower. Because he's little. <laughs> little. Nah, he did real good. Yeah, like five fifty two. He broke the course record too. Yeah, it was a good year for course records to go down. I guess. But it wasn't. It was like eighty five degrees and super humid, yeah. and there were gypsy moth caterpillars draped everywhere i had a bunch of bites from them or whatever they do when they get on you and it hurts um and <laughs> anyway rochester's like taking over by gypsy moths right now and it's not fun it is wacky out there right now it definitely is the, we were out on the twisted course last weekend, and they're they got a hold of some of the trees out there too. So you know, they're letting the light into the forest. I guess I don't know, but yeah, it's it's no bueno. So okay, the race then. Okay, we got past the starting line. You you're not nervous. I'm you running with Garrett. We're having a good time. Okay, so you're running with Garrett. That's good. That's good. Um, and you're just chilling. You're just kind of like running. Um, it took me probably like the first 15 or so miles to remember to get into an effort that I felt like I could keep going and maintain for a little while. Like I was, um, I never felt really uncomfortable, but also it's kind of that ultra race effort where at least for me, I'm like above an easy run, but not 
too fast that I'm, that I can't do it for a long time. So I was still trying to figure that out, but the most important thing that I really nailed well was my nutrition. And I think that really helped, especially because it was so humid and especially because the aid stations in the second half, especially are very far apart. So making sure to drink a lot of water, go in hyperhydrated, and um, then also just take my goo exactly when I needed to take it. Yeah. Uh, you were telling me that you were, you were going to just focus on eating, just going to eat properly. Right. And you did. I, uh, yeah, I was, it's so strange when people say eating though, is that, is that like, because really I, I don't consider taking a goo and, and since I've switched it into this more like sports scientific mindset rather than like, I need to have my meal out here. Um, which is how I actually, when I started ultra running, I was like, Oh, I just need to eat like lunch out there while I'm there. Now I think of it as like every half hour I take this packet and yeah, I guess, I guess maybe I I put those words good, but after, but I mean like after like, 20, I can leave them. It's fine. Um, uh, but, and so I think now more making it, making, taking in nutrition, um, a scientific process, which I do enjoy them. It's not, this is not miserable. Like I will, I sort of enjoy them. I'm more of a salty person, but I mean, they're pleasantly tasting. And so, um, it's, but it's more of like a scientific process where like every 30 minutes, every 30 minutes. And that's what, that's the reason the last, six, seven miles of Finger Lakes 50s this past weekend didn't go super, super good for me. <laughs> but at many, nailed my nutrition. It was great. And yeah. now I know the three types of, the three flavors of gels that I know work and that I know I can cycle through and I like them. Oh, okay. Okay. So I thought that you had said that after many on the journey, you were off of one of those goos that I thought you were done. Oh no, that was my buddy Tom Ty at Western States. He's, he's, Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. There's a goo that he is officially, uh, done with flavor. Uh, I'm, I'm looking right now, but he, I think it was salted. Yeah. It was salted caramel. Um, Oh, okay. He got the green, he got the green gate. I did get a little tired of salted watermelon. Yeah. He got the green gate and apparently that was his longest age station because he took like half of that salted caramel after having them all day. Like, he had, uh, he was like, I'll never eat another one of those again. That was a 20 minute gagging session. So, you know, what's actually, so I say goo, but actually what I like are cliff shots. Mm. Like that's my brand for vanilla and espresso. You're I right. like those two. Like the vanilla goo isn't as good as the vanilla shot. All right. Um, but any, everybody knows what I mean. Those little things. You're that more of have. a Scott Jurek than a Magdalena Boulay, huh? Yes. In <laughs> taste preference and looks. <laughs> okay. Actually, did you ever see that picture that circulated when he, of his feet, when he got off the AT? Uh-huh, yeah. I was like, oh, that's normal in this family. <laughs> look like my mom's actually. Scott, Scott Jerk <laughs> got feet like my mom's. <laughs> Is he my real dad? I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. Possible. Okay. Well, got that. <laughs> so anyway, nailed the nutrition of many. And in the second half, I, it, at halfway, I was doing a Nathan handheld and I switched for my vest for the second, for my, yeah, my vest for the second half, because you need a lot more water in the second half. And I was like, 
it was kind of fun. I was doing like a science experiment of like rationing my water. Like don't eat your goo too fast. Cause then you have to drink a lot of water. Like you have to sip and then, then eat a little bit and sit. Oh, it was kind of fun. All right. So you're alluding to all this. Let's talk about this part. Let's get this, let's get this done and dusted. So you moved to Brockport from sunny Ithaca, gorgeous, yeah, to train for many. gorgeous <laughs> Ithaca to train for many on the Jenny. Um, <laughs> COVID got you like, I need to get to the rock. gotta get to to the rock gotta get to the port (laughs) so brock the port brock the port so okay so you're there what are you doing why are you in brockport working at jimmy z's no uh i gotta get that garbage plate (laughs) i i want to go there i haven't been there yet and Oh, I've tried to convince my like research mentor to go, but she just, she's more crunchy. She, I don't think she wants a garbage plate. It's <laughs> a vegan we'll garbage there. plate. Huh, I know, but yeah. Um, so I'm doing right now, I'm doing sports psychology research at the college. So I got a job doing that. So um, my days sort of consist of reading a lot of research on the computer. Uh, sometimes I edit um, my mentor's manuscript, she's working, she deals with pain, injury and mental toughness. Um, but today, for example, I just mostly read all day. And so at like four 30, I was like, why does my head hurt? And why do my eyes feel like they're melting? <laughs> but, uh, I've learned a lot. It's very fun. Not, but I think I've also learned through doing sports psychology research that I actually want to do exercise science and work and do something like that. Um, but it's been really, really fun. Just very different than what I was doing in Ithaca. Yeah. So, but you're doing all this research now, right? So you're getting your, you're getting your learn on, um, and you're, you're still trying to figure out what you want to be when you, when you grow up. Yeah. You're not not there quite yet. No, but since I've been getting into the exercise science part of it and also just my own experimenting with running and things, uh, it'd be really cool to work for Gatorade. Yeah, they got a real they got a real cool thing going there. I've been researching that, but uh, really, I am have no clue yet. I'm just gonna keep taking one step forward every day. All right. So, uh, so when you're talking about exercise science, are you talking about like uh, Jason Fitzgerald kind of stuff? Are you talking about like uh, Steve Magnus kind of stuff? What 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 interests you about that field? different than, than what you're doing? Um, I really like understanding the applied part. So the only thing with sports psychology and what I've been learning is there's a lot of research, but a lot of it is theoretical and the theoretical research, which is what my mentor does. They sort of are like a little bit more like Heidi tidy. And like the applied part is like, it seems like it's an afterthought when I'm like, isn't the applied part the point, but I get it. It's very, and I say that very glibly, but she's, she's wonderful. And she understands like the applied part is the point. And that's, and so what I like about exercise science though, is um, I like understanding how, you can manipulate different things and how different, uh, applications work in the, regarding the human body. And, um, so for example, I guess one of the grad programs I'm looking at, if I go to grad school, if I get in is dealing, I would work in an, an extreme environments lab. And so they work with extreme heat or extreme cold. They've done a lot of research on things in the military. So like the military has to carry 
packs on their back and be in like the deserts and stuff like that. And so what one of the research problem pro, uh, projects they've done is, uh, is understanding how much like the athlete, how much energy the athlete is or the uh, officer is going through as they're carrying 60 pounds on their back in and like 90 degree weather and then developing things like the rations, how much water they need for exactly for these kind of missions, because you don't want to carry more than you need. You don't, you can't carry less things like that. So things that actually matter and are uh, are like actually not that actually matter because everything matters, but it's like things that are actually being used and applied I can see the end point and how it helps people. Um, what I'm really interested in actually is in, in within an extreme environment, like an endurance race, how um, the nutrition you take in influences, um, influences your body in different ways. And also like your mood, how your mood about your nutrition in those states influences how your body's going to take it in and respond to it. So for example, Tom, you know, he was like, I can't do salted caramel anymore. And then he had one and he threw up. Like maybe if he was like, yes, salted caramel and took it down again, maybe he wouldn't have thrown up. Who knows? Um, so it's, it's just, it's the whole ball of wax. But, uh, I also really like the physiology part of it. Um, for example, I'm writing a paper on the influence that the Nike 4% shoes has had on the running community. And part of it is, um, is, um, a section on biomechanics and how the change in stack height in the shoe actually lengthens your legs. So you increase the lever that's pull, that's propelling you forward without changing like the mass of your body. And that gives you a very high advantage and just understanding how that those kind of things work. So I'm not, I don't have a path. I don't have a like plan because I really like everything. And sometimes I wish I, I did have a little bit more direction, but I don't know. It's all, it's all fun. <laughs> If only they set out course markings for, for life, right? Like just yeah. <laughs> turn here, but then you would Predest- know. They call that predestination in, yeah. in my, uh, in my, uh, <laughs> my history. So that, but then that would be that you would know that, oh wait, there's no more flags. Uh Oh, right. Like you'd know exactly how long the race is and that wouldn't be any fun either. Right. Yeah, that's true. But anyway, I'm learning a lot of different stuff and I'm actually going to go visit UB pretty soon here and see the lab. They have an altitude chamber in there. I'm like, I'll just lock myself in there. Nice, no, I'm right? just kidding. I don't, I don't Ellie, need that. Ellie, come on. We're going to lunch. No, I'm doing push-ups. Leave me alone. Bring me my lunch in here. <laughs> One can of beans and three cups of rice. <laughs> That's it. Warm, warm to taste. So soy sauce. So that's the other thing. You're living like the dorm life, right? Like I am. Yeah. Good thing I still look like I could be in college because yeah, I was going to say like, probably like eight to ten years older than everybody else. Well, and you went. You you had the roommate before. You left old Paige there out in the cold. I did. I did. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. Broke my I know. heart. Broke my heart. You liked her more than I did. No, I'm just well, kidding. Paige was a nice person. She didn't deserve that from you. That's true. That's <laughs> true. But okay, so you moved to Brockport, but you went from uh, an apartment with a roommate to a dorm with an empty bed next to you. You got two beds. It's going my couch. On. Yeah, you got a couch. Yeah. You're living dorm life, like you're doing college land. It's pretty. Yeah, it's, it's not that much different than what I was doing. I don't know. <laughs> it's really not. But you just don't get your college town bagels every day. Yeah. Yeah. Have you found a bagel joint yet? Have you found um, a, a so, place? 
Yeah. Uh, Colleen's Cafe is probably the best place that I've tried. And she makes her own bagels and bread and everything. And that was delicious. So, yes. But I also have this access to like a bunch of dried goods that are free. And so anything that's free is like a lot better than anything that I have to pay for. (laughs) Yeah. Chris saw, I was like, dude, look at this. They closed the dining hall and they gave us a bunch of cans of beans and rice. Yeah. They just put it all in the boxes in the corner and then like, come and get (laughs) it. It's like, like we're, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like they, I don't know. I'm envisioning like Oliver twist and they're like here orphans. Well, I figure it's like we met our legal requirements. We're good here. (laughs) I actually looked at the date on the peanut butter and it's from like 2020. Right. Well, they looked and they're like, okay, we got 17. It's perfect. We got 17 people, 17 people living in this building. (laughs) They need one. They need uh, 1700 calories per day. Here's, before they met me here's 17 boxes of food we're good legally required or done (laughs) but for real i'm like i just i can't complain but that's cool so you seem like you've adjusted you're feeling all right yeah yeah It's mostly just the staring at the screen that sometimes I'm like, I wish, I wish, yeah. but, uh, I'm getting, I'm getting adjusted, you know? So do you, you, I mean, you have traditionally, I mean, traditionally you've historically done a lot of reading. Like that's kind of what you do in your downtime is just read anyway. Right. And so is that why you yes. thought, Hey, this is pretty legit. I'm going to get paid to read. This is good. Yeah. And I still read in my downtime and I have to be like, Ellie, you need to stop reading right now. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's difficult to get through like today, for example, my mentor is trying to explain to me other examples. Like we're developing a test for mental toughness. Basically it's called the tire test. And, um, we're, we're just, we're, like she's developing it and I'm like helping her like reinforce the development, right? Like, so you, you develop a tool and then you test to make sure the tool works basically and you calibrate the tool. So we're basically doing that. But today she had me read a bunch of studies that were uh, other examples of refining a a mental toughness training tool. And my eyes were about to bleed. I was like, I can't, I, I had a moment where I was like, why am I, I don't want to do this for my career. I will die, but I I won't have to do that for a career. But it's, it is like, it sometimes is kind of like just so much data in there that it's hard to pick apart the, what you actually matters or like makes sense or like to draw the conclusion. And I'm trying not to just skip to the conclusion and read the conclusion. Cause I could do that. I'm trying to like learn how to pull what, what they're talking about before I read the conclusion. And especially today when we're dealing with like statistical tests and a bunch of um, acronyms and just things that every other word is a citation. It's just, gets very like mentally dry. And then the computer screen, my eyes, like it starts to move forward and backward at me. And, oh yeah. So sometimes it gets really dry and long, but for the, for the most part, I do enjoy what I'm learning. So. Well, there you go. 
Just not the, it's not the applied part yet. You're getting all the background. Like when I did my computer science degree at RIT, I was like, I, uh, everything that I did, you know, for the first, I don't know, all, all my high school and all the first year of college was all like this the theoretical stuff, right? Learning object oriented programming and learning assembly language and learning like how languages work. And it was like, uh, but then now you got a strong foundation. And then when you're looking, like when I look at a program or a website, or if I just look at a computer, I know now how it works, you know, as just opposed to being like, yeah, that's a computer. We type on them and they show us words. It's like, no, this is actually how the thing functions. And I don't pretend to know like how the sand right. That's turned into glass. And like, I don't pretend to know it at that level, but at a like theoretical level, this is how the ones and zeros actually make the internet work or make programs work. It's good to know the background and the behind the scenes of everything as well. Yeah. I'm also getting pretty good at understanding different theories. And so, um, and now when I, especially when at races or like when I'm in groups of people now, I can like identify like, oh, that's a self-presentational theory and this is what they're doing. Or, or um, like th- this is a, this, that's part of group identity theory because they are, they want to be part of the group. And if they say this, that will like increase their status a little bit or like, oh, that's, that's a humble bragging tactic and are just stuff like that. And it's so much fun because I recognize when I do it too, like when we were walking like into, um, into the into my dorm and I said let thing I made that comment about my ultra sign up and you just laughed and I was yeah. like oh that's a humble brag I'm so sorry I didn't mean to do that no I, and now I, I recognize love, it so hopefully I won't do it anymore I love having a DNF on my ultra sign up because it keeps my score low <laughs> <laughs> I was you, trying you know what to keep you know what keeps my score low you know what keeps my score low Ellie running <laughs> that's why you haven't been racing yeah it keeps you my don't want it to get lower no well at this point i think it can only go up honestly you could do what josh frankel does like he told me well he doesn't do this on purpose but it's because he's raced so frequently and his races has been short have been shorter and apparently like the algorithm is like the percentage lower you are than the than the winner so like in shorter races you're only like a minute or two off the off the lead so like that increases your score because i was looking at the twisted branch sign up and his finishing time is like 12 30 like projected finishing time and i was like and i went got to many it was after the race and i was like josh i had no idea that like you have this projected he's like oh no no this is how this works and i was like you're competing with sweeney yeah i mean he could josh frankel could run 13 hours i think sure i think he could run but i mean 12 30 i was like well i should pace with him yeah well 12 30 i mean the the thing ah twisted branch oh twisted branch we can have another episode before twisted branch well i think no i think we're gonna get into twisted branch because that's the what's next ellie don't you remember the recipe of this podcast the past the present the future we're stuck next is mafatmol we're stuck in the present that's a goal race i think that's so funny that you call it mafatmol too like you need to be what is it called it's like when somebody's not from the area and they come in and they start calling that's how scott parr says it it's mafamidal mafamidal oh mafamidal 
whatever the return of a loan that's what i'm calling it <laughs> so but um finger lakes 50s you just ran that like two days ago you that don't even have all you don't I even have all that. the cow poop off of you yet i know i know that race was where i had so it was actually, it was great. So I got second and it was wonderful racing the whole time. That was awesome. I love fast women. I'm so, I'm so lucky. So I was doing extremely well until I peeled off to go to the bathroom and then I dropped all of my nutrition out of my pockets and I did not realize it until I had passed the next aid station because I was trying to catch up to Sarah who was ahead of me. And then I bonked. And it was not good. Oh, I had this no. moment and I was like, Ellie, you don't, where is all your, where's your nutrition? And I was just like, I think I got to go kill a squirrel or something. I don't know. I'm really hungry. You and lost I bonked. your stuff, and Ellie. I know. I bonked. It sucked. And so the last couple miles were pretty, pretty lame. But the la- the second loop of the course was underwater anyway. So it would have been slow anyway. But this was like drudgingly slow because I just didn't have any until the last aid station. I couldn't get I didn't have anything. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, but it was really fun. The first loop was great. And on a dry year, oh, I could smoke that course. I got to go back. It- so, you know, as, as famous as you are, Ellie, oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> did you know another famous guest is actually on the Finger Lakes 50s website it's pictures on there as a star runner? Oh, is no. it Sabrina? No, it's Mr. Hobbs. Oh, Jamie's got See, a picture. I gotta of him. race Jamie soon. We he's got to come to the shorter distance. I can't run that long, he, but I do. I'm looking forward to racing Jamie. He uh he got a daytime finish at Manitow's. Pretty exciting. I heard, and he, and he did very well at Western. Is he doing Twisted? Uh, yes. Oh, it's on Jamie Hobbs. It's on. You know, maybe his advantage is he has children. Maybe I just need a couple kids. Oh, yeah, that's really his advantage. His advantage is that he has three kids. That's that's how you really get your running miles in. I think by the nature of being that type of person is how, is how he gets his running miles in. No, he's a very, I, I, was, being, I was being, I'm joking. He's a very, very good runner. And um, if I can keep up with him at Twisted, that'd be a great day. So, okay. So next up then is, uh, Mephomidal. So you're going to run Mephomidal. You're going to do a loop mile course for eight hours. It's so much fun. I haven't ran eight hours in like four years. It's so much fun. I mean, but a loop course, you don't, you don't just keep running. I mean, you hang out and wander around and stuff like that. Right. I mean, when I'm there, I'm there to compete. (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm looking forward to it. It sounds like a really fun time. I did the first year. Yeah, it's a, a couple years it's ago. It's a big hoot. In the and summer. I'm going to be back for that. Although I don't know if I'm going to be in any condition for running, but I'm definitely going to be there. You could do like one loop, wait a loop, one loop, wait a loop. Yeah, like we I were going to do Mighty Mosquito. I could get, you know, and so that's the thing, the looped course. And the best thing about the looped course and the best thing about this kind of race is you can go out and get your first marathon at this race. Like there's going to every loop, there's people to run with and walk with. And it's eight hours. Like you can get 20 miles in 
like la la la. And then you're only six away from a marathon. Like people go and that's what people do. Mind the ducks for their first marathon all the time. People do it for, I'm like, you could do 50 miles at mind the ducks. They're like, no. And I'm like, yeah, you can. No. And then they go and do 50 miles at mind the ducks. Well, that's how Scott Parr started. His first, uh, was, uh, he did 54 miles in eight hours and then he, and then he went, then we all went to Windjammers, and I think he signed up for twisted branch, like at Windjammers with us. Yeah. Like, I mean the looped course, the eight hour timed race is a, uh, it's a gateway to, uh, it's a gateway. I don't, I, I'm, I'm going to embrace this. I'm going to embrace this. I told Ian that the last five miles at, Finger Lakes fifties was very, I was like, no, I need to experience that. Cause it's going to be like that, but 30 mm. miles at twisted branch. <laughs> He's like, that's one way to think about it. <laughs> you you think you're going to bonk for the second half of twisted. That's a long, I don't know. I'm trying to not, I'm really trying to like, I don't, I'm trying to do like this course justice. Like I really want to be ready for it. And so I'm training for it. Um, as much as I can. That's a long second half bonk. You don't really want that. That's a long. Yeah. Well, Amelia's going to be there for the last 30, I think. So that'll be nice. Don't, if you're going to yes. bonk, bonk somewhere around Urbana and then just drag your ass over Mount Washington and you're finished, you know? Well, I'm just not going to go to the bathroom and drop all my nutrition. Yeah. Well, the good thing is there's, um, there's porta potties all over the place, but you know, you could do you. I will what, when the mood <laughs> strikes. Speaking of nutrition, you like spring energy, right? I do like spring. I think there. Have you tried the recovery? No, I have not. Okay. I tried. Don't. I tried that today and I thought it was going to be really good because it says like chocolate, banana, protein recovery. So I'm trying to have a snack in the middle of the afternoon. And I was like, why not try this? It tasted like salty sand with cocoa powder in it. This episode not sponsored by spring energy. And I just was very taken aback about this. Like, you know, when you think something that says chocolate banana is going to be sweet and you're just eating it. And I'm like, I don't know if I should stop. Like most people probably when they don't like something, they'd stop eating it. That's just not what I do. It's like, I ate the whole thing. But I was very just not in the right headspace for that. And so save yourself $2 and don't get that flavor. Don't get the, re- don't get the Mac covery. Yeah. Love Sally McRae. Girl, lovely. Her laugh, infectious. But yeet. Uh, I, um, I like, you know, uh, there's a few of them that I, I actually like. But yeah, I think they're good. I don't know. I think they're good. Which one do you like? Sell it to me. I, I can get one at Rochester Running Company because they wanna, don't have. I don't want to shill for them. You know. I mean, uh, I so. Uh, what's wrong with saying things you like? Like, not everything is a sponsor. Like, I don't understand no, why what everybody. I'm saying, what I'm saying say, is, like, I oh, I like this thing. It's no, not I have no, the, the history of this podcast is me talking about things I like, <laughs> like there's no, no problems there. Um, no, you I, like good things, but I think like people have different opinions, right? Like their classic is like that speed nut, right? And everybody eats that one. That one's fine. It's really good actually. Um, what does it taste like? 
Uh, like speed a, like and pe- nuts, like peanut. Yeah, like a peanut butter thing. Oh, you know? okay. I could have tried that one. Um, I like the long haul. Um, I don't know. I I guess I I just I like them. I can't say I have anyone that's my favorite. I like them because they taste generally pretty good, and even if they taste bad, they're not like offensive. You know, okay. um, I yeah, think no, I, I think that. what is it? They have one. Um, Awesome sauce, is it? Uh, and it's it's vegan. It's basically apples and cinnamon. Um, oh. Awesome sauce might be like my, probably my favorite. Okay. Um, See, part of my thing with like why I also mostly, like at many, I only ate goo or well, cliff shots or and goo and pickles at the aid station. Like I only, that's all I did. And I think one, another mental thing for me is like, I'm eating this scientifically engineered food for a reason and that's going to make me do it. You know, like it's part of like the mechanical science process. This is like, this is a racing strategy. This is a mechanically engineered food to be perfect for what I need right now. I'm going to take this every 30 minutes. Like I think when I like, when I started doing, my first ultras, I wanted to do that whole like real food thing. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm, cause I was a vegan then. And I was like, Oh, I, you know, dates. It's great. But now I'm like, Ellie, stop trying to be someone you're not eat that. And if it's expired, even better. And, um, free, here we are. Me. <laughs> faux free, faux me. So, um, no, like the, the, the McRae one, I just took a look at it. It's it's um cherry and coconut. So like why is it brown? Because the coconut? Coconuts aren't brown. Yeah, they are. You don't eat that part. <laughs> Chris. That's the bra part. <laughs> that's the You'll wear that. That's the, <laughs> that's the <laughs> for show part, not the faux. <laughs> that's the faux show. Um yeah, so I was just looking at that. That's the, yeah, the one that I've had the most of is probably the awesome sauce and the speed nut. Um, I think together those sound great. Like I would eat that peanut butter and applesauce together. Great snack. Mm-hmm. I would eat that just plain. Like, yeah, that's so, what the real food nutrition is for. <laughs> Ellie just eats it like normally. Right. I mean, that's you just walk in and you're surrounded by goo packs. What I'm testing. <laughs> In the corner with like goo just all over my face. Like, don't look at me. I'm testing. I never wanted you to see me like this. <laughs> it is awkward when you get the espresso one. Like it's cause it's dark brown, like in just not a good place. Like I, I oh. like espresso. Uh, I, oh, I love I, it. Yeah. My like three it. flavors, vanilla, salted watermelon, and espresso. Mm. I did try the cold brew and it's a little tastes a little bit different than espresso, but I like We're talking about goose again. Cliff. We're back on goo now. Well, cliff cliff. Okay. But well, the cold brew is goo. Okay. But espresso and the vanilla one that I like are cliff. Mm. Gels yeah. folks. Gels. They're what the it'd kid, be fun to work for cliff bar. They're what the kids are eating these days. They are. Yeah. So anyway, I figure like fifties, I bonked a little bit, but it was fine. All right. So Mofamidal, you're going to run 50 miles in a loop. That's going to be awesome. And then twist. I hope branch. I can run more than 50 miles in eight hours. Let's come on. Maybe it's a one yeah. mile loop. How steep is the loop? Zero steep. Okay. Then 
If I don't run 50, more than 50 miles, I will probably be like, Ellie, did you really try? It's literally like, zero. Especially if it's a flat loop and I feel good. It's a flat loop, double wide, like pretty much paved trail. Yeah. Maybe I could get like my sister to come out and run a couple loops. I bet she would do yeah, that. Everybody will be out there. I'll probably be out there with the dog, dogging it up. Yeah. Can you bring your daughter? Can Riley run a loop with me? She That'd would. be fun. I want to meet her, I mean, actually. I mean, she has free will, so she can do what she wants. She pretty, yeah. much, she pretty much does anyway. Uh, if I had, like, a whole mile to just, like, give that child some intelligence. <laughs> maybe that <laughs> child. like, this is what you do to your dad. <laughs> maybe that child will give you some intelligence. She'll be she like, probably would. She'll be like, this is what you do to get my dad. Get him annoyed. Yes. The two of you combined, rhyming and scheming. Be like, all right, Riley, here's the car keys. Just go have fun. Yeah, right. All right, Twisted Branch. Twisted Branch. Yeah, less than two months. You, right don't, have, you don't have many DNFs in your record, do you? I got a couple, yeah. Like, well, in uh, so Green likes endurance. I mean, I mean besides run. the ones, besides the ones you put there to keep your score low. <laughs> Stop. Green likes endurance. The year before I won it, I pulled like some nerve in my butt, and I couldn't walk. And my dad had to like carry me to the car. That was embarrassing because I was like the first race that my dad had ever come to. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and. <laughs> That wasn't good. Yeah, so had, yeah, I did have there. You had to pull out with a hurt butt. Yeah. Naked Pavarian or Prussian. Naked Prussian. Yeah. Um, I know I got more. I probably got a bunch. No, wasn't Naked Prussian the one where you said like he gave you the marathon finish anyway or something yeah, like that? Yeah, so, but I technically DNF'd at 40 miles, but then he gave me the marathon finish, which keeps my ultra score low. Yeah, because you got a 1040 marathon in your record. Yeah. Yeah. Your ultra score is really low. It's, uh, let's see. Stop. Uh, we don't need to, you know, I don't like comparing grades. 93.88. <laughs> don't need to compare grades, Chris. I wonder what your age rank is 95%. I wonder what it'll be when you hit the big 3-0 next year. It just decreases because that's when everybody gets quick. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just going to go. Maybe I should just go out now. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So what's it, what are your general thoughts on Twisted Branch? Why are you going back? What's the deal? Well, um, so in 2018, I attempted it, but I shouldn't have because I had the month before I had sprained my ankle at Kiuga and still finished the race. And then I refused to acknowledge that my ankle really needed some time off. And I just kept sort of running. And so when I got to twisted, it was not good. Also, the weather was not very good. And I tried to like car camp the night before. And so these three things did not set me up for success. And yes. And also my headlamp didn't work. And so, um, it was a little frustrating and I got off course and I DNF'd at mile 20. So there's another DNF. Let's just keep racking them up. 
And I just, I didn't respect the course. I really kind of sort of came in with like a chip on my shoulder. And I was, it was kind of like when you start a race and you're there for the wrong reasons. Like I was just there cause I was kind of mad and I just wanted to prove that this was my goal race and I could do it. And, uh, wouldn't it be awesome to say I ran 65 miles and yeah, it just, it didn't work out. It was a very, not a good day for me. Not kind weather, not kind. It was, it just wasn't good. And so then I took a couple months off and started, went back to the roads and it was really fun. So I don't regret that. And then I just knew that coming, I thought about it for a while and I was like, do I think I'm ready to give twisted branch another, another shot? And I thought about it for a while and it's, yeah, I want to give it a good shot. And I've started and I just started thinking about how I would train for it. I reached out to Scott, uh, the race director, and I've had a meeting with him already. He took me like over the course, showed me like using like detailed maps on where things were. I plan training weekends. I'm trying to get out to the trails at least like not every day. I'm not, I'm not somebody that, um, I'm trying not to get obsessive about it. And actually I'm not having no issue, not getting obsessive about it. Like I feel very relaxed and balanced about how I'm going to approach this race. And it's been really fun. I mean, since many on the Jenny and I've really not run at all during the week because I'm trying to still like my toe is getting better every day, but it's not a hundred percent yet. And I'd like it to be a hundred percent when I am at the starting line of twisted branch. So if that means that I continue elliptical training during the week, and then on the weekends, I get out to the trail and run with you guys or do a race and I'm able to do that, then that's what I'll do. And so, um, yeah, Twisted Branch, just I want to give it a good go and see what can happen. And it's beautiful out there. And I went, I've been to the finish three years just to cheer people and then one to like drag my tail between my legs and be like, Scott, I DNF'd, oh, what was me? And, um, and it was the environment, the people, the course, it's, it's honest and it's going to take a lot out of me. And right now I'm kind of terrified at running for that long, but I think that doing the mental preparation and do at training on trails and doing the best that I can, I'm at least going to try to give it a good go and it's going to be fun regardless. Yeah. It, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting that you say, you know, I ran it and I shouldn't have. And, uh, and I asked myself, am I ready for it now? You know, I mean, that's, it's interesting because, you know, a lot of times when people sign up for an ultra, it's because they feel like they finally can complete that distance. Right. It's like everybody's first ultra is the longest time. The first time they ever ran that long, you know, a lot of like regular old Joe runners, so they don't think about like, they're like, yeah, I can do a 50 K I can do a 50 miler, but it's not like a, well, really should I do a 50 miler? Like, am I, am I ready to appreciate what it means to go 50 miles on my feet? They're not like thinking that existentially deep about it, you know? And I guess what you're saying is you didn't the first time either. You were just like, whatever, let's go, let's run this thing. I think that the beauty and also one of the 
pitfalls of our sport is that we have a lot of people that are really enthusiastic and also want other people to like experience this thing that they did. So, and I have to catch myself from doing that too, being like, Oh, sure. You, you've ran a marathon. You can do 50 K like, come on. Or, Oh, you'll be fine. Like, yeah. And sometimes that's true. And sometimes that's what people need to believe that they can do something. But at other times, you know, every mile after 26 miles at many on the Jenny, I out loud said to myself, Ellie, you just ran 27 miles. That's a long time. You just ran an ultra at 28 miles, did the same thing at 29 miles at 30. I think I skipped 35 because I was looking for Greg and listening and wanting to hear that song. But I still did that because it blows my mind that my body can do this. And I think that I really need to concentrate on keeping that just awe and novelty because that helps me really respect what everybody does and what my body can do. And I think it's when, like, I, I don't know if I ever want to be somebody that can just run 50 miles every weekend. I mean, first of all, I think that would signify that I've gotten a lot slower. And secondly, I just, I don't think that I would, that signifies as much respect as I want to give to these distances because it's a long time. And I think that I'm going to be out there on that twisted branch course for a long time, regardless of if the day is good or if it's bad. And so that's just something that I really need to ask myself if I'm ready to do. And I think also this year I've gotten smarter. Like I said, Amelia asked if she could pace me and I was just like, yes, you can. Um, And so I'm trying to do this in an intelligent way. And so I think that I I will be as ready as I can barring any catastrophe. All right. That's, um, man, that's deep stuff right there, Allie. That's good. And we and we saw a bear on the course. We, so we saw a bear at Twisted Branch for the first been going out to that course for six years. Finally saw a black bear. And it was uh mildly terrifying. I don't Not know which was scarier, the the horse flies that were out there or the uh, the bear. I don't know. Um well I was scared because that bear was running right towards a friend of ours. Oh, yeah, and I was like, out. Oh, she's over there. Yikes. But anyways, she it wasn't it, it wasn't really traumatic or dramatic or anything. A bear crossed the road. Why did the bear cross the road? Because he was on the Twisted Branch Trail, I guess. Mm-hmm. To get to the other part of the I've trail. never seen a black bear before in my life. Oh, me neither. So And we didn't get out our phones and film it like that guy with the cougar. Dude, that Jeez. guy, man, that heart rate pounding. I we didn't he had <laughs> six minutes. We had six seconds. Yeah. Man, that guy. I knew he got out alive and I was still nervous for him. That's like when you watch Free Solo and you're like, Al- I know Alex Honnold is fine. He's sitting in the theater, but still he could fall and die. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was nerve wracking. So, oh, and it was a mountain lion, right? It was a mountain lion. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Crazy. And it did that crazy thing with the like, ooh, man, with the, with the arms out and like, and the teeth and yeah, and it was uh, like, yeah, yeah, whack a do, um, Yeats. yeah. All right, so that's Twisted Branch. That's uh, the year in review. What are you looking forward to? Uh, what's What's the next? What What could cap off twenty twenty one for you, Ellie? After a, a successful score on the GRE. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I don't think I have to, hopefully, I don't know if I have to take that. I think they're still waving it for COVID. <laughs> hopefully I don't have to. Um, oh man. You know, I don't, I'm really trying, especially with how my days are just so different. I'm really trying to be present just with every day. So, um, you know, I, and especially with last year, just appreciating now that just the little things, like I don't have to remember a mask anymore, or like I can just do something like I, or like on the weekends, I now understand why people like the weekend because I do like what I do during the week, but I really look forward to seeing my friends on the trails on the weekends. Like it's really nice. And I feel very rested after Sunday, uh, just little things that I I'm, excited that I get to keep doing those things for at least the next year. So yeah, the little thing, I don't have anything exciting. Honestly, I'm not playing after twisted. I'm not planning any races. Cause I don't, I have a whole, I have a year of school. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So a perfect, a perfect GRE doing all the races in Rochester. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. We got to take you around and get you to see some of the sites now. What are the sites? Oh, sick burn. Whatever. I'm going to cut. <laughs> I want to know. I'm going to cut this part out of the podcast. I Can guess. You, what are the sites that don't include bars? Because. <laughs> yeah, there's sites all over the place. There's all sorts of sites. There are two little baby deer living right outside my dorm. Every morning I say hello to them. Welcome That's to, a site. There are woodchucks everywhere on this campus. It's the land of deer, Rochester. But their little babies are so cute. They got little spots. Mm-hmm. And they're, I don't know where the mom is. I'm like, can I be your mom? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can forage just like you can. Gazelle. Yeah. <laughs> I can forage. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, Ellie, this was uh, pretty good catching up and talking about running. You know, this is great. I've been looking forward to this like <laughs> since this morning when I told you that I couldn't come over because I had to work. Yeah, I know. I dropped the work bomb. That's all right. Huh. Okay. Well, want to wrap it, wrap her up? Sure. Put a bow on this. This was good. Put a bow on it. Um, where can people find you on the internet, Ellie? <laughs> At Gazelli. <laughs> You're back on the internet again? I have to use the internet every day. I have to stare at the screen and oh. use the internet. I'm not on the internet. I'm going to, I'm trying to uh, reconcile with the internet, but I'm not on the internet. So, um, sure. yeah. And Ellie and I are now that she's here and settled and you'll be able to catch us on some more hamstrings and heartstrings soon enough. I think Ellie, we should throw this one over in the hamstrings and heartstrings, uh, feed so people can really get to, uh, really understand what Ellie's all about. Sure. Yeah, that sounds good. All right. Awesome. Okay. Uh, that's it. Um, so I'm going to do this, uh, little closing bell and then I'll, I'll wrap up the stuff and you know, you know, sort of how the wrap up goes, but if you want to, Oh, I know I've listened to every episode twice. (laughs) Cool. All right. There you have it. Oh, great. <laughs> hey, I'm doing the wrap up. You're not supposed to be in here. Oh, sorry. Get out of my wrap up room. I'm just cheering for myself. <laughs> Someone's got to. Somebody's got it. You, well, you get done before all the spectators show up. That's part of the problem. I know. I get done. They're not even done cooking the food. I know. What's that all about? All right. So anyways, that and this was Ellie Pell. 
Um, she's back and she's racing and you know, it's kind of neat. Uh, she's got big smiles and Ellie has, uh, shaken me out of a lot of my doldrums, uh, in the recent past. So hopefully this, uh, brought maybe a couple chuckles to you and, uh, you got to hear what my life's been like dealing with her lately. Right. Am I right? Um, yeah, so now we're back. We're racing. We're running. Uh, Ellie's got a list of people she wants me to talk to on the podcast, I think. I got a list of people I want to talk to. And now that we're seeing people again, uh, you know, uh, let's uh, let's strike up the band. Let's uh, set out the flags. Let's put up the arches. Let's uh, get going, right? Wouldn't that, be, wouldn't that be fun to have a world of races and podcasts and people getting together and hanging out and all that? Wouldn't that just be swell? Imagine that. Yeah, so let's do some of that. And then and then come share it on our message board. That's right. There is a brand new message board for chatting about running. It's uh, old school. No ads, no tracking, no data harvesting, no time stream, no whatevers. I don't know. No, um, no, big, no big data. How about that? It's just uh, old school. Message board, chatting, posting stuff about running. You write it, people read it, or they don't read it. And uh, that's it, you know. Um, heck, you don't even have to use a login if you prefer not to use one. It's got that whole fancy, like, send me an email link to click, you know. That's it. So just a message board for reading, posting, chatting about running. We got a race calendar up there. We got group runs. We got just old random chatting. Um, so the URL is kind of fun. It's community.ourrunning.chat. But, you know, you can also just go right into your show notes and click the link that's there. And uh, that's that. And then you can uh, chat about running. So, all right. That's all I got to say about the uh, message board. Until next time, uh, be thankful for what you've been given. Be proud of what you've achieved and let go of what you've lost. See you out there. Bye. Bye.